You might feel like blaming everyone around you or things you can control, but even if you really feel it is because of them or that event or that external circumstance, 99% of the time, what makes us suffer is our mind itself. It's our thoughts judging what's happening in a negative lens that makes us suffer. If you are willing to do the work and get better, it really starts from within. Welcome to Zen Like a Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Laura, consultant, speaker, researcher, mama bear, 9 to 5 corporate leader turned entrepreneur, your favorite French Canadian that loves la poutine. In the last years, I've become one of the top experts on employee engagement. Today, my purpose is helping you feel more motivated, balanced, fierce, and zen like a boss at work and in your overall life. Let's do the work together, my friend. Welcome to the podcast, my friends. This week, my inspiration for this episode came from a personal experience of mine. This winter has been hard on my mental health, if I'm honest. Maybe one of the hardest time of my life up till now. And I'm not sure it has ended yet. This season could, like, it's never, never ending. And uh, winter as a season as well. I, I want to share this with you because this season has been tough for a lot of people. I know I'm not alone. And the tools and strategies I used to get through this were very useful. And I would even say transformational for my mental health. So whether right now you are feeling down or struggling at your job, in your relationship, or in any other areas in your life, these seven strategies and tools that I will share in this episode will help you gain clarity, calm your mind, learn more about yourself, and make the right plan to get out of this tough time. Of course, I am not a therapist or a medical professional, so these are not official recommendation. These are just lessons learned from a lot of tough times in my life in terms of um, struggling with mental health, a lot of therapy, a lot of self-development tools, and also a lot of mindfulness learnings through my training that I've had. So talking about mindfulness, the first strategy is about leaning in, getting aware of your thoughts. You might feel like blaming everyone around you or things you can control, but Even if you really feel it is because of them or that event or that external circumstance, 99% of the time, what makes us suffer is our mind itself. It's our thoughts judging what's happening in a negative lens that makes us suffer. If you are willing to do the work and get better, it really starts from within. For that, you will need to sit still and find moments of calm and quiet in your life to pause and let the thoughts come and go. Notice the thoughts that are coming. I know it's it doesn't seem that easy to find these quiet moments of calm, but I'm only talking about five minutes here. 
So I'm sorry for the tough love, but even as a mom, I know that I can wake up five minutes earlier and make time for these moments because it re it is really essential for my mental health. And I would like to use a metaphor for that exercise. Actually, almost everyone has watched the Harry Potter movies, so I will refer to it. And I'm, I'm a big, big fan personally of the Harry Potter movies and books, actually. These uh, are one of the first books I've read. And you remember the pensive that Dumbledore uses to store its memories? Here's a direct quote from the movie about this pensive. One simply siphons the excess thoughts from one's mind, pours them into the basin, and examines them at one's leisure. It becomes easier to spot patterns and links you understand when they are in this form. So since we are not in a magic world, unfortunately, the pensive will be replaced by a journal, something to write on. When you put your thoughts on paper, it suddenly becomes way more clear. You can analyze and spot patterns and really ask yourself if, if it is it real or is it fear-based, which is often the case. So the exercise can be as simple as this. You get quiet, you get comfortable, you breathe deeply and focus your attention on your breathing. You will need to have a pen in your hand and a blank sheet to take notes. When the first thought pop up in your mind, and it will because it is totally normal, it is your mind's job to have thoughts. Before getting sucked into your thoughts, before getting absorbed and overwhelmed by it and getting into the scenario and into that story and getting lost in it, try as much as possible. Or when you notice you are absorbed in it, write it down. Just a label like... I'm stressed out at work, stress about a project delivery, a project's delivery date, relationship conflict, the thing I have to do today. And as soon as you write it down, you close your eyes and you get back on your breathing. So it's only a small pause to, to put that thought into that basin like Dumbledore did. And so it helps you really free your mind and then continue on your meditation or on your mindfulness practice until the next thought arrives and you do the same. You write it down and get back to it after that. Do that for five minutes. It can be three minutes as well, as often as three times a day. So try to find these little, catch these little moments to do this journaling of your thoughts. Incredibly powerful believe me it will change everything and help you gain so much awareness in your life in the morning it can be at lunch and at night or whenever you feel an overload you feel overwhelmed you don't even know what's happening but it is just too much that helps a lot when you are doing that and writing down your thoughts will help you free your mind and calm your mind then The interesting part comes next. You will analyze and judge in a compassionate way, of course, because we're talking about mindfulness. So you will judge your thoughts like you would do in court. 
I love this exercise because it is really helpful and concrete for the pragmatic minds like me. It is called putting your thoughts on trial. So like in court, like I said. So you have your thoughts in a list. So you have your different thoughts that came up for you today. For example, you have 10, 15 of them, let's say. Because usually it's a lot of different thoughts, but always around the same subject, you know. And beside every thought, there is three other columns. There's the first column, which is called prosecutor. Besides that one, there is judge. And the other one is called verdict. So the first one, the prosecutor, it is really the questioning of what are the evidence to support the thoughts. Because oftentimes we will have a thought and as I, I, I've talked about that before, there is the confirmation bias, which is really dangerous when you are an overanalyzer, an overthinker. Because when you have a thought that is scaring you, something that is creating anxiety, you will then pick and choose in your life everything that is supporting, confirming this thought that is incredibly worrying you so imagine that that means that even if it is not real 100% let's say 100% real or true you will create the story that makes it really valid and makes it really true for you it will do everything your mind will do everything to confirm that fear But it is good to be aware of it and take note of it. So this will be the prosecutor's job, let's say. So this column will be to explain. So, okay, your thought is that you are not good enough or your thought is uh, that uh, you would never be able to launch your business because you don't have the expertise Whatever your thoughts are, you can write down what are the evidence that are supporting that these thoughts. And then the important column is the judge column. So this one is going to judge these evidence and these thoughts. The questions that a judge will ask will be, is it valid or not? Is it real? What are really the chances that it occurs, that fear is that only a worst case scenario? So what are the evidence actually that your thought is wrong? What are the evidence that are in contradiction of these thoughts? Then the last column is the verdict. So the verdict is really the action to take to move on. I reassure you, it is not a punishment like in court, but it can require you to get courageous, get out of your comfort zone and have to make an effort to change your perspective or add a new habit in your life to take care of yourself and help yourself. For example, if your thought is a complaint, something that annoys you, you put yourself in uh, the victim mode like finding it hard when your kid gets sick and you have to take care of them instead of working, situation that I've experienced a lot in the last months. 
Is there a way that you could change your perspective in a positive manner? Actually, that's always the question I want you to ask yourself because it is very powerful to change your mindset into a positive one. And it is very often possible more than we think. Like, for example, with uh, this, this case, is it... Uh, for you when your kids are sick? Is it a great opportunity to pause from work, clear your mind and spend quality time with your kids? Enjoy it, have fun. So a change of perspective can really be everything. Something else, if you notice that your thoughts are really fear of a worst case scenario, something we experience when we are anxious often. The Instead of saying, what if it all goes wrong, I want you to turn it around and ask yourself, what if it all goes great? This is pretty simple, but a very, very powerful turn of phrase. See that in a positive way, because it is actually pretty possible that it all goes great. So why not thinking about that instead? I want you even to write down that scenario. What is that scenario where everything is going great? And believe it. The second exercise, the second actually strategy and tip I would have to give you is to get real with yourself. And this one can be hard and can be tough, but it is the only way for you to get unstuck. It is the only way for you not to have always every year every month every whatever the same patterns the same internal conflict actually you reliving the same thing over and over again because if you don't get real with yourself you will always always have these same feelings and thoughts pattern and crisis they will always come always come back and sometimes stronger and stronger each time And often for things to change in our life, we need, uh, let's um, pardon my English, but we need to get tired of our own bullshit. The wake up call you need to be willing to do the hard thing that will actually get you to feel better, unstuck and feel happy. That happened to me this week. I was, let's say when you, 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 you have the nose in your business Uh, like I said, uh, so you are confronted with your own demons and you see yourself and the situation clearly for the first time. That means you have to take responsibility for what is yours to take. And I'm not saying that in a military harsh way. So without talking yourself down, you can talk yourself with compassion, but knowing deep down there is action you could take to improve the area of your life where you feel less satisfied. And that brings me to my next strategy, which I called give yourself grace. I I really think the key is to find that healthy balance between getting tired of your own bullshit and giving yourself grace and love, being passionate towards yourself. It is really about finding that good balance. It is a great exercise to give yourself grace, to give yourself love, to do daily. And you 
will really feel the benefit of this exercise. I know I really did. And the first time I did it, I burst into tears because I needed that so much. I needed myself to talk to me in a nice way, in a loving way. It felt so good. So it is without saying it is really powerful. And my advice is to put some music on, music with that love feeling energy that really feels um, something good to you. And so what you have to do, what you can do, if you uh, like that practice is to put your hands over your heart and as many times as needed, you will repeat these four sentences which are, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, may you be loved. You repeat these four sentences as much as needed until you feel a sense of warmth and kindness towards yourself that is sinking in. This is a really powerful exercise to giving yourself grace. The fourth strategy actually I won't say a lot about that but it is really crucial and it is to get help when needed and actually I would say you should get help whatever where if you feel you need it or not you should definitely get help meaning tell a friend tell a loved one talk about someone don't live through that tough time alone It is the worst and it will make you feel so much better. It could even give you some perspective. And of course, when I say get help, I also mean get a therapist if this is what you need. It was. It will always be beneficial. That is what I did and it helped me so much. The fifth strategy is, to me, you might be surprised by that one, but it is to biohack your brain and what I mean by that is that you would be amazed how just the physical and biological factors have a major impact on your mental health. Often we think by um, eating nutritious foods and moving your body you will have an impact on your physical health and that is true but you would not believe the effect the positive benefits on your mental health as well. That is actually my biggest motivation to move daily and to eat nutritious food. It is the impact on my mood and thoughts and anxiety. There is a reason why they call your gut your second brain. Or now we talk even about food for your brain. This will have actually to be a full episode because there is so much to say about this subject. And I would like to interview an expert about that. But I'm going to give you my three essentials that I have learned um, in, in the last years that, that had the most impact on my mental health. The first one is moving my body. So for me, find out the best way to do it for you, something that you actually enjoy. For me, it has to be, um, I like the intensity, I like to sweat when I work out, this is when I really feel like I'm getting the benefits of on my mental health. So the moving is the biggest thing for me. It will change my entire day. 
So for me, working out is one of my essentials. Another one is omega-3 and 6. And wait for it, not any products of omega-3 and 6. It is with IEPA. So on the bottles, often it is liquid because it is such high in EPA that it has to be very concentrated, so in liquid form. And on the bottle, it will be written, there will be a mention with IEPA. That is a dietitian that I was seeing because I was breastfeeding and my meal production was not optimal. And she, um, the dietitian told me, as well, like for a new mama, for your mental health, for your mood, hormonal swings and and mood, uh, etc. She said, I really advise you to take the omega-3 and 6 and there has to be IEPA if it would make a difference. So this is my advice to you. I will actually um, put it in my story to show you the product. And so this is my second essential. Third one is supplements with pre and probiotics. So the pre and probiotics, like I said, gut is your second brain. So pre and probiotics are pretty important and also a blend of vitamins uh, that are often lacking in um, for, for, for us, for adults. So that is something that really changes. Uh, I think it gives me more energy. So we never know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that supplements have a big influence on my mental health. And last one, and not the least, is to limit the sugar and junk food. So I am a big fan of the 80-20, meaning that I eat nutritious foods and wholesome foods, not processed, and really limit sugar 80% of the time. And 20% of the time, I just do whatever I want because I don't want to feel a restriction. It is not good for you. This is really what I believe. And the, the contradictory things about that is that when we feel bad, we have the tendency to make it worse by seeking comforting foods or sugar. It is our way to cope for unwanted feelings. And it's okay to do it sometimes, of course, but if you do it really regularly or if you're having a long, long, long time like uh, me this winter that you are not feeling good, if you always eat junk food and bad food when you are not feeling good, it will really impact your mood and mental health and make it so much worse, like so much worse. Instead, take the approach of changing your narrative, your thoughts about that and saying like, if I don't feel good, I will help myself and treat myself with nutritious food that will take care of my body. So like when I'm talk, I'm thinking about nutritious food, I'm thinking about like fish, chicken, nuts, healthy fats, uh, like uh, avocado, olive oil versus processed oils. Um, and of course, uh, I eat bread and rice and so on. But it, it's really more like the, um, the, the sugar and processed foods that I will uh, try to avoid as much as possible. The Mediterranean diet and lifestyle is a good, um, is a good example of something that works for me, for example. Sixth strategy. Lean on gratitude and positive mindset. You have overcome 100% of your bad days and tough times. Often these times in our lives happen to signal us that something in our life is not in alignment. And I know it really sucks right now, 
But if you use that time to lean in, learn more about yourself and take action, it will actually lead to great things and a greater life for you. So to switch your mindset and just believe that right now it is not going well, but you know that it, it, it shall pass and you know that it's going to get better and to lead to something better if you learn from that. Last strategy, and this one is pretty important to move on and get on with your life and get motivated about your life. Find a thing that gets you out of bed. And for me, the thing is to move towards the best, my best possible self. And uh, for that, there is an exercise. And, and just to state how much it is important, I think that for us to get motivated, it is to always feel like we are moving towards something, that we are growing, that we are learning, that we are trying to be our best. So this is why for me, the best possible self exercise is really a good one because it will motivate you to make some healthy changes in your life and then improving your mental health because you have something to look for in your life. So this exercise, uh, you will imagine your best possible self in a future where things have gone as well as possible and you have accomplished all of your goals. So write your best possible self in the domain of your choice. So depending on your mental health struggles, was it related to your, to your work? Was it related to relationship? Was it related to personal life and goals? Depending on that, choose the domain that fits for you in terms of visualization and you will imagine and describe your best possible self in that domain. Spend five minutes visualizing your best possible self each day and picture picture yourself in as much detail as possible. Think of a scene that your best possible self might find themselves in and imagine the sights, the sound. How do you feel in your skin? And the feelings that this experience would bring you. So this is really simple and this could take as um, only, only five minutes. So doing that every day and putting that image in your mind will be really powerful to motivate you to, to move forward depending on the things you want to focus on. So these were the seven strategies if you are struggling with your mental health. The lesson I've learned in the past and during this last crisis, I really hope it's going to help you. I feel you, I'm with you, and I'm wishing you an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe share with your friends and rate it five stars on the platform of your choice. Finally, tag me on Instagram at Laura Parent while listening to it. <laughs>